Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. There is more pain coming in the cryptocurrency markets, and 99% of people are going to feel this pain. In today's call, I'm going to share with you a key bit of FUD in the cryptocurrency markets right now, something that anyone who has any position in crypto should be extremely worried about. I'm then going to give you nine remedies or ways to protect yourself from this FUD. And make no mistake, if you are a crypto investor, holder, I don't care, anyone with any exposure at all, you're going to want to stick around for these nine steps and start rolling them out immediately after this call. Allow me to begin by contextualizing the extent to which we are in trouble right now. I'm going to use the charts to show you exactly how much pressure, specifically bearish pressure there is in the market right now. BTC is trading around 17k. One week chart shows a gradual downtrend. And if we zoom out to the one month, we'll see we haven't made that much progress at all. Similar story for Ethereum around the 1.2k level and really stagnant over the one month period. And we really see that in the altcoin markets as well, where a lot of cryptos are struggling on the 24 hour. So what is it that is causing the crypto markets to be stuck in this bearish trap today and in the last few days? What is it that's stopping the bulls from being victorious and taking control again of the cryptocurrency markets? Let's use on-chain data to look at what's keeping prices down and this will help inform those nine mistakes those nine things that we need to incorporate to protect ourselves from this risk last week we dived into user withdrawals from binance following continued speculation of their collapse our conclusion was that whilst binance was still hold significant assets on chain users should always manage risk over the past week rumors have intensified so let's take another look to better understand Binance's position, to understand all the fudge around Binance right now and what it means for us as investors, specifically those nine steps we really need to take to protect ourselves. Failing to do so is going to cause us a lot of damage. So we can look at exchange flows. And again, we see that Binance tops the leaderboard for net outflows with over $2.1 billion flowing out of the exchange in the last seven days. This compares to 1.5 billion a week ago, showing that withdrawals have sped up. But worth noting that in terms of pure outflows, Coinbase have also experienced major outflows with almost $9 billion of withdrawals, albeit they had a similar amount of inflow that cancelled this out. So we know that Binance continues to face heavy user withdrawals. Let's take a look at the bigger picture and let's just bear what we've seen just now in mind when we go into our nine things that we need to start doing to protect ourselves from whatever may go down with Binance. Binance currently owns about $55 billion worth of assets on chain. A $2 billion outflow therefore represents just 3.6% of total assets. The percentage of splits also remains healthy with only 10% in BNB. And remember, BUSD is not issued by Binance, but by Paxos, an entity regulated by the New York State Department of Financial Services Charter. 
I love putting numbers into perspective and comparison like this. In crypto, though we are dealing with such huge numbers all the time, we see the number of withdrawals and we think, gosh, that's a huge number, but we don't realize that the overall assets or the balance sheet in question could eclipse that by many, many multiples. But let's also dive into the stablecoin withdrawal situation until we get into our nine methods of protection. Alright, let's look at stablecoin exchange balances sorted by seven days. Binance has had the largest absolute change in stablecoin balance at negative $1.7 billion. However, by percentage of total stablecoin holdings, this represents the lowest of all exchanges in the top seven negative changes during this period. So what are the three macro themes we can take away from this before we get into those nine very actionable steps? Transfer assets to self-custody, regardless of what exchange you are currently using. Whilst there have been rumors about Binance specifically, we can see it is not the only exchange experiencing large outflows, specifically of stable coins. Remember, not your keys, not your coins. And verify all information yourself. Binance lost 3.6% of its on-chain assets through withdrawals over the last seven days. Whilst we do not have a full picture of their liabilities, this is significantly different to FTX's collapse, where we saw the draining of most of their on-chain assets. And the one that's going to help us slide on into our nine steps, consider the growing trend of self-custody. We have seen huge flows from exchanges in all assets since the beginning of November. There are a host of products that support self-custody, and it is now a good time to consider how you can get involved. Okay. Now we understand the gravity of the charts. We understand the gravity of the Binance situation, which even though being misrepresented by some is still significant and a reflection of what's going on with exchanges right now. There are nine things we should all do, me, you, anyone who is involved in crypto in any way to protect us from further ruin. Failure to do this will certainly lead to losses of hundreds, thousands, millions more in crypto. So just focus for the next three couple of minutes and protect yourself from the likelihood of losing all your crypto. Number one of nine, defense software. Built-in security software has come a long way as in and is a viable security option. Bitdefender is our preferred choice. Hitmanpro.alert has also been recommended by multiple experts for serious real-time protection. Warning, it's very taxing on the computer. I think there's a lot of intimidation when it comes to taking your first step towards using these kind of softwares. Here is an example of Bitdefender on a computer, my own computer. If you were to see my screen right now, you'll see that it's just a pop-up that says Bitdefender Virus Scanner. There's options to have a critical location scan, a deep system scan, scan a custom location. Once you install Bitdefender, all you have to do is click and hopefully you get the alert that there's no threats found on your device. So hopefully everyone watching this is going to go away and install something like Bitdefender. Number two, you want to set up your VPN. Most main providers are good enough, Nord, Express. You can take your privacy even further and try something like Mulvad. Again, so easy to set up. Again, your VPN will just be a little application that you get on your devices. It has a literal on off button where you switch the VPN on and off and you can set your preferred location. 
So wherever you are in the world, for all intents and purposes, you can pick whatever country or location you want to be operating from. Again, showing you this to see just how easy it is to take that first step and that you are perfectly capable of vamping up your security in the same way. So step three is crypto storage. Hardware wallets go into tier one, ledger and grave treasure. Paper wallets fall into tier two. These are easily lost in damage, but cost only time. For example, writing your passwords down somewhere in a notebook. And then you have your desktop wallet, which is tier three, if you like, only as safe as the system they are on. And it's not ideal. Giving you a demo of this would be a whole other video. So let me know in the comments if you want that. Next up is number four of nine. So we're getting to the end there. Uh, Two-factor authentication, commonly known as 2FA. You want TFA for everything. I'm talking emails, exchanges, literally everything. Cold 2FA devices tier one, Yubuki or Google Titan. Custom 2FA devices tier two. A cheaper option is to buy a $30 phone, download 2FA, swap it to flight mode forever. And remember, 2FA can be circumvented. It's not an absolute defense. For example, if you're using something like Authy on your phone, if someone is able to hack onto your phone, they will be able to get that code that is generated via the phone. Five of nine, separate computers. Having two separate computers is an expensive option, so decide if it's worth the investments relative to the value of your online security and assets. If you only have about $100 worth of assets and it's gonna cost you a thousand to get the computer, not worth it. One will be a high security computer, the second will be a low security computer. And then there's the question of what you need to do with each device. Your high security computer should only be used for handling crypto, banking, trading, and other sensitive activities. Do not get Windows, it is too vulnerable. Your high security device is to never deviate from essential websites, never to click on any unknown links, and never to download. And when you think about this, this makes an awful lot of sense. You don't wanna be using the same device that you do to interact with high security cryptos as you use to download your favorite new movie that you can't really get otherwise. You want to bookmark your essential pages and never type in your web addresses. You reduce temptation and possibility to click on a link you shouldn't. All it takes is one mistake to compromise your security. And then your low security computer is for all other activities. You can use your low security device and there should never be any crossover between the two devices. You have one used all the time for your everyday activities. Then you whip out the high security one whenever you want to interact with your crypto. Step six, data storage. We are so close to the end now. Just stick around a few more minutes to make sure that your crypto is truly protected. You will not regret doing this. This is where we disproportionately limit the damage a successful hack can do to us. We're going to share a multi-level system that we've built for ourselves. There are two tiers of data, level one, level two. To determine if your data is level one, ask yourself this. If a hacker had access to this information, would they be able to attack me? For example, if a hacker gained access to your private keys, they could directly access your cryptocurrency. Other examples are things like passwords for master emails that can bypass all other security with the right information. Your password manager passwords, private keys, or recovery phases. So the rules for level one data, keep it offline, never store it on your laptop. When entering these passwords, alternate between using your actual keyboard and an on-screen keyboard. These passwords will be a minimum of 15 keys long and as complex as possible. Level two data, this is any data which on its own cannot grant the hacker access to any of your funds or important data, this is level two. This means if a hacker were to gain access to a level two password, they would still be unable to actually 
access anything vulnerable. Step seven is emails. Old emails with lackluster passwords are a common point of entry for hackers. If you've had it for a while and used it for multiple websites, chances are you want to get rid of it. You can see if your email is compromised here, haveibeenpwned.com. So simply write up your email address, click on pwned, and if you are the unfortunate owner of the email crypto at gmail.com, you'll see that you have been in 22 data breaches. So this is a very great way to see if your email addresses are safe. Step eight, exchanges. There is no third party you should trust with your crypto. So much Binance FUD right now. We don't know exactly what's true, exactly what's not. All we know is that we can eliminate the risk with step eight. Use exchanges to on-ramp and off-ramp your crypto. Deposit only what you need to buy and sell, then take it off the exchange. Only use reputable exchanges like Binance. Only use them on your high security device. Fast backwards if you need to know what the high security device is. If you can't remember, that is one of the steps we discussed. And remember to use 2FA for your exchange. Set a global lock that requires a minimum wait time before settings are changed. Use leverage to reduce counterparty risk and whitelist your address and set a lock on adding new addresses. A useful framework is the more difficult you make it to access your exchange, to withdraw your crypto, to store your crypto, the harder you're making it for the hacker. The hacker is going to have to successfully complete every single step to hack every single step of the way to access your crypto. So the more steps you're adding in, the harder you are making that hacker's life. And step nine, often forgotten. If a hacker attacks someone you love, they can leverage that to blackmail you. Some hackers are just malicious people. They won't even want anything other than to hurt you. Share this information, this call, this account with your loved ones and make sure they are as protected as you. Or if you go and complete any of the steps, help people around you to do the same as well. There is power in numbers and we can stand united against hackers and malicious actors in the cryptocurrency markets. That is all for today. Let's continue talking about crypto tomorrow.